Well, it's great to see you today. And again, I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to a book in the Old Testament called Chronicles. You may have to look it up. Uh, it's uh, in the first part of the Old Testament. It's uh, First Chronicles chapter 4. I'm going to get there in just a minute. But we're talking about the going from ordinary to extraordinary. And in this series today and throughout these next several weeks, I just want to, we're going to talk about the subject of how God puts his super onto our natural. And have you ever felt like that you couldn't do something? Have you ever felt like you weren't good enough, maybe for God to use you? Have you ever felt like that you couldn't do anything great? Do you feel like that, man, you just don't understand, Aaron, I'm in the middle of my life. And uh, I've made some choices, and I am where I am, and, and I'm kind of okay with that. But I just feel like life has somewhat passed me by. And there's nothing extraordinary about me, Aaron, and there's nothing extraordinary about what I've done. And I really don't know that I can do anything extraordinary. I really don't know that God can do anything great in my life. And I really think that I'm just somewhat insignificant, if I'm really going to be honest with you. And I'm inspired by your weekend services, and I'm inspired by the messages, and I, and I like the idea of, of what God did in the Bible, but I just don't know if that stuff happens in my life. That's what this series is going to be about. That's what the message is about today. It's about how God wants to put his super onto your natural, how God does the extraordinary through ordinary people. And I'm going to show you this in multiple different people throughout the course of this series. Now, Chronicles, I asked you to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Reading Chronicles is kind of like walking through a cemetery, if you would. It's just basically, it's just name after name after name of people that, quite frankly, are dead, that have passed on. It's like reading headstones and epitaphs until all of a sudden you stop and you read one that catches your attention. And you just kind of stop it and you read. And that's what I want to do today. Two verses. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, the name is Jabez. Jabez is this insignificant individual who's only mentioned three times in Scripture, two verses, that's it. And you're going to read the totality of his life. But Jabez did something from an ordinary person to do something extraordinary. And I want to show this to you. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And Jabez was more honorable, or your version of the Bible may say more humble than his brothers. His birth mother gave him... I named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. What a name, right? Your name means pain, and your mother gave that name to you. Okay, verse 10. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And then verse 11 goes to another person who's already dead and gone on in verse 12 and so forth and so on. And as you're reading through these headstones, these markers, these, these epitaphs, if you would, you come across Jabez and all of a sudden you stop for just a minute because there's something incredibly important for us to get that God just says, look, I want to show something. And this is what I love about Scripture. So many times we don't look at the grammatical phrasing. It's very important. We don't look at the value of the name, which in the Bible is very important. And I just want to stop for a minute because I think there's something for all of us here. Verse 9 says, if you look in your Bible, verse 9 says that Jabez became a somebody. How do you know that? It begins and it tells us basically the essence of his life. He was more honorable than his brothers. Remember, this is like a, a headstone. It's, a, it's an epitaph. It's, it's basically saying what happened in his life and how it happened. He was more honorable, or your Bible may say more humble than his brothers. We read that in our Western mindset and we think, oh, well, he was a good guy. 
He was a humble guy. He was a, a sweet guy. No, no, no. The word honorable means to be someone of prominence, someone of significance, someone of importance. Someone that and denoted with that would mean that there would be someone that, that probably had a lot of influence and affluence. They were someone who made something of themselves. They were someone who accelerated. They elevated themselves above everyone else in their family. They exceeded the expectations that were placed upon their life. And so we know that in the essence and the totality of Jabez's life, he became a somebody. We also know, verse 9 tells us, that he came from a nobody. His mother names him Jabez, which means, or it sounds like the word pain. How would you like to be named pain? Every time somebody says your name, it's like, oh. Every time somebody says your name, it's just pain. I mean, could you imagine that? Pain, come here. He is such a pain. Yes, that's his name. He's such a pain. I mean, could you imagine that's what your mother calls you every day of your life? And this has significance. Because we know that words have values. We know that words carry power. Think about someone who was important in your life, someone of, of influence in your life, and they said something about you. They named you something. They called you something. If it was derogatory or if it was in some way demeaning to you, you didn't forget that. Somebody said you were stupid. Someone said you'd never amount to anything. Someone said that you would be, you, you, you would be uh, a nobody, that, that you came from nothing. Or there was someone that stepped into your life and they said, you're somebody, you're something, you can do something. I see something great in you. And you rise. But we rise and we fall on labels and names that people put on us. Jabez, by the very nature of his name, by the very mention of his name, means pain. He doesn't have a bright future. I want you to catch that. He's not like someone that his mother goes, she, she wasn't a helicopter mom. You know what I'm talking about? That just was, oh, you can do this, baby, and you're great, baby. You're, great. you're painful. You're painful to look at, child. You were painful to bring in this world. You're a pain now. I mean, that's what every time his name is said. But this somebody came from a nobody. And this nobody became a somebody. How did that happen? Well, verse 10 tells us what changed. God did. He cries out to the God of Israel. He cries out to his God. Chronicles, it basically it chronicles the lives and the names of the people of the nation of Israel as it's being formed. And he cries out to God in verse 10. And I just want to remind you, I know this is simple, I know sometimes this is very easy, but prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. You feel like you're a nothing and a nobody. I'm telling you, there's a God that's listening. Prayer changes things. You feel like that you're broke like a joke. I'm telling you, there's a God that hears you. Prayer changes things. You feel like you're lost and you're stuck in the quagmire of life. I'm telling you, God hears you and changes things. And that prayer can take you from ordinary to extraordinary. Jabez was asking God, and he was claiming the promises that God had already given him. Now, I'm going to divert this a little bit. It's going to feel like I'm diverting, but this is very important. If you want to follow me in your Bible, you can or you can stay right there, and it's going to be on the screen. But Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 12, Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 12, are the promises, they're the summation of the promises that God, the God of Israel, that is talked about in verse 10, that, that Jabez prays to, says, if you will follow my word and you will keep my commands, here's what I'll do for you. So when Jabez asks something of God, he's going back to God's word. He's basically saying, God, this is what you said. I know I'm a nobody. I know that I came from pain. I know that my name means pain. But I'm asking you to remember your people and to keep your promises. And here were the promises. 
Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands, I will give to you today the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings will come on you, and they'll accompany you if you obey the Lord. Here are the blessings. Verse 3. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. That means you're blessed anywhere you go. Verse 4. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. It's your children. And the crops of your land, and your young livestock, and your calves, and the herds, and the lambs of your flock. Remember, these were an agricultural people. That's the work of your hands. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. That's your food. You, you, you'll never go hungry. You'll be blessed when you come in from the day, and you'll be blessed as you go out to work each day. Verse 7, the Lord will grant your, that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They won't just be defeated, but you'll see their defeat. There's something sweet about that. They will come at you from one direction, but they will flee in seven. Seven is a number of perfection. Seven is a number of God. Seven is a number of completion. That's why they'll leave in seven ways. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Could you imagine your life being like this? The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he is going to give you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you an oath. He will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in the obedience to him. And then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. And the Lord will grant you an abundant prosperity. Now you can say that however you want to, but God's people were prosperous people. That's his desire. And the fruit of your womb, and your livestock, that's your children, the work of your hands, the crops of your ground, and the land that he swore to your ancestors to give to you. Verse 12, the Lord will open up the heavens and the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you will lend to many nations, but you will borrow to none. That means you're in, you're in control. You're in the power. Verse 13, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands the Lord your God gives you, uh, that your Lord your God, that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be on top and never on bottom. Do not turn aside from the commands that I give you to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. Now you may think, well, great, Pastor, that's awesome, Aaron. I mean, that, that's great that that's what they gave Jabez and that's what Jabez asked. But I mean, this is the year 2013. Well, the book of Galatians, Paul says that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, we've been grafted into the vine, which means we've now been paid spiritually a part of the nation of Israel, in essence. And so what that, why that's important is, is that the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, Genesis through Malachi, all the promises of the book are not just for those people, but for all the people who call on the name of the Lord. So these blessings that are here that God gave to the nation of Israel that still are intact with the nation of Israel if they will indeed follow the, the law and the covenant are ours as we follow him. Does that make sense? I want you to also understand something too, that God's given you and I the same promises. It's called his word, the Bible. That's all Jabez is doing. Jabez is a nobody whose name means pain, but he becomes a somebody because he goes back to God's word and he says, God, I want to ask you to do your word in my life. I want to ask you to fulfill your promises that you've already given in my life. I'm coming to you, God, and I know I'm a nobody, and I know that I can't be anything without you, but I'm asking you to put your extraordinary onto my ordinary and to do something because you already promised that you would. And God granted his request. Well, great, Aaron. My name is, is, my name is Frank. My name is Sally. My name is Susie. My name is not Jabez. My name doesn't mean pain. Maybe God only, only looks on people whose names mean pain. Maybe that's the only people that get his attention. Well, Acts chapter 10, verse 34 says, Peter says that 
hey, that God is no respecter of persons, which means what he will do for one, he will do for anybody. All you have to do is ask. So that means what Jabez is asked in verse 10 is something that you and I can all ask of. So what does he ask for? He first, he asks for divine significance. He asks for divine significance. He says, God, I pray that you would bless me. And that's like, like saying gesundheit after someone sneezes. This isn't like, hey, God bless you, bless you, have a good day, blessings. In the Old Testament, blessing meant a conference. It was from God to his people. It was from one person to another. It was an action. It meant something. That blessing meant something. It had weight behind it. It had favor behind it. It had finance behind it. It meant something. And so when Jabez asked God, God, I'm asking you to bless me, here's what he's saying. I want a life that counts for something. I want to be a person of significance. And we know that God answers his prayer because verse 9 says that he was an honorable person. More so than any of his family. He was a person of significance. But why did he become a person of significance? Because he had the right name? No. Because he came from the right family? No. Because he was loved? No. What's interesting, there's no father even mentioned in his genealogy. Only a mother who didn't really care, really care for him. But he asked God, I want to be a person of significance. I want to do something. Have you ever felt like that? God, I want to make my life count. Lord, I don't want to just live and die and, and just take up. I, I want to do something that counts. I, I want to do something that makes a difference. I, when I leave this planet, I want to have left behind a legacy. There's nothing wrong with asking that. There's nothing arrogant about asking that. Jabez does, and that's exactly what God does. He gives him significance. Second thing he asks for is divine growth. He says, God, I, I want divine growth. I ask that you would enlarge my territory. See, as we read in the book of Deuteronomy, that the nation of Israel, that they were given land, that they were given a promised land. And he says, Lord, I want that my share would grow. I know, I know I've been given the stock option, but let it grow. I know I've been given this inheritance, but let it grow. I know I've been given this land, but, but let it grow. Expand it. Sometimes we think that, oh, we can't ask God for him to do more and, and for him to do. Listen, it's like last weekend as missionary Holdabuntang spoke to us and talked to us about the great needs and the opportunities in Calcutta, India. How did those needs get met? Through people like you who had resources and funds to give so that it was funneled through her to be Christ's hands extended to children and to people around the world that we will never meet this side of eternity. That's how God does that. He works through us. And all Jabez is saying here is, oh God, I pray that you would expand my business. I pray you would expand the work of my hands. I pray that you would expand. See, sometimes we think that only what God wants to do is expand our spiritual life or expand our, no our growth or our knowledge in him. Did you read that back in what I was just reading in the book of Deuteronomy? It didn't say expand your Bible reading. Expand your scripture memorization. Expand my church attendance. No, it's expanding your children. It's expanding your wealth. It's expanding your prosperity. It's expanding your business, the work of your hand, the livestock, whatever you do in the country, in the city, going out, coming in. As you rise up, as you sit down, that you'll be the head and not the tail, that you'll be on top and not the bottom, that God's hand would be upon you. And when the enemies of your life, the people that are in opposition to you, and we all have people that are in opposition to us, Come at you. They will come in one direction so you'll see them, but they will leave in seven because God will distract and distort their ways. There's something about that. And he says, oh, God, I ask that you would expand. 
And maybe you're here today and you've started a business and you've started something. Maybe you're a young college student and you've got this great ambition. There's nothing wrong with ambition. Just keep it holy. Remember, before David slays Goliath, he asked, what will be done for this man who, who, who slays this Philistine? And they said, he'll be independently wealthy, he'll marry the king's daughter, and she's smoking hot, and he'll be tax-free for the rest of his life. David says, hold on, hold on. He goes to somebody else. Hey, hey could you tell me what will be done for the man that slays this giant? Yeah, he'll be independently wealthy, he'll be tax-free, and oh, and he gets to marry Michael, the king's daughter, and she is quite something to behold. Okay, great. Hey, 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 hey could, could, could you tell me? Now, these other two fellas, maybe they're a little excited or something, maybe they had a little bit too much juice, you know what I'm saying? But, 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 but what will be done for the man that slays this giant? And they said, well, it's real simple. The king said that he, they'll marry his daughter, and she's pretty good looking, and, and, and that, they, that he'll be independently wealthy, and he'll be tax-free for the rest of his life. Then, the Bible says, after three confirmations, David stands to the forefront and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would exalt his name for the name of the power and glory of God? I mean, then all of a sudden, he gets powerful. Why? Because there's an ambition that's working. There's something in there. The book of Proverbs says that a workman's appetite works for him. And all I'm trying to say to you is, is I believe God has extraordinary things for his people. Are you believing for them? I think God's put you in places of business and prominence and in places of promise. Some of you are students. That God wants to do great things in your life. Are you believing for those things? Don't let anybody tell you they can't be done. Don't let anybody tell you that God can't work through you. Don't let anybody tell. Listen, Jabez was a class example that he was a nobody who became a somebody because he simply asked God, expand, enlarge, give me divine growth. He doesn't end there. He says, Lord, I pray for divine empowerment. Divine empowerment, that your hand would be upon me. Now you have to understand, again, in the Old Testament, in, in the book, in, in the Word of God, God's hand meant something. It meant favor, and it also meant that God was their source. That God's hand was upon them. That God's hand was there. That his, but David says that God upholds us in his righteous right hand. He says, Lord, I pray that you'll be the one that will power my life. That you'll be the one that will give me favor. That you'll be the source of my life. Listen, I'm just going to tell you. You may have money. You may have education. You may have connection. But there is nothing like when God puts his super onto your natural. There is nothing like when a holy God says, I see in this person. And let me say this. I see in this person someone who can do great things. And I want to bless them. And the reason why God blesses us isn't because of our intelligence. It's not because of our connections. It's not because of our money. It's because of our willingness. That's it. The Bible says that the eyes of God search this earth. They roam to and fro looking for righteous hearts, looking for people who are willing and yielded unto him. You want to do something great for the kingdom? You want to do something great with your life? Listen, teenager, you want to give your life to something? You want to make it count in this day and age? Just be yielded to God. Palms up, God. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. But I pray, God, let your hand be up on my life. What's the prayer that David prays when the man of God comes in and calls him for a sin of adultery and murder? Oh, create in me a clean heart, Psalm 51. Oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your presence from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing more bone-chilling there's nothing more scary and more dark and more empty and lonely than when God's hand that's been upon your life becomes lifted. Jabez understood, God, if your hand is on me, I can do all things. 
If your favor is upon my life, I can destroy anything. God, God, if you're on me, it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what man comes at. It doesn't matter what my name means. It doesn't even matter what my, what my own mother thinks of me. If you are with me, I can do this. And the last thing he prays for is divine protection. Divine protection. It's all right there in verse 10. Lord, keep me from harm and keep me from pain. Interesting that his name means pain. Yet he asked God to protect him from the very thing that's been spoken over his life. What's he talking about there? He means health. God, help me. You know, Star Trek, live long and prosper, opened up on Thursday, right? I mean, come on. I mean, help me to, you people are way too stiff right now. All right. Help me, Lord, to be free from pain and from suffering. Help me to be healthy. Help me live a long life. Nothing wrong with that. You know, the Bible says that if your children honor their parents, they're going to live a long life. That's why I honor my mom and dad. I don't want to die. Ain't nobody a fool here. You know what I'm talking about? Keep me. Divine significance, divine growth, divine empowerment, divine protection. And here's what we catch. Just let me give you this and I'm done. From this prayer of Jabez, I love that God grants his prayer. Why does he grant his prayer? Well, let me give you a couple of principles. One is a small struggling start does not equal a limited life. A small struggling start does not necessitate, it does not equal a limited life. I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you've come from. But just because you came from nothing doesn't mean you have to live that way. Just because you are a nobody doesn't mean that you can't be a somebody. Just because you feel like you're ordinary doesn't mean that God can't put his extra onto your ordinary and do extraordinary things in your life. Even if you've blown it up, even if you've messed it up, it doesn't mean. I want to just say for, just, for the sake of those, because I really feel like there are students that are in this room, that God's speaking to your heart about doing great things. And I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Dream a dream for God. Believe something for God. Believe that God, that's calling you. That he's there. I was a kid in middle school when I felt like God called me into vocational ministry. And I didn't know how to articulate. And I didn't know how to say it. But I knew what was inside of me. I knew there was something there. And I knew God didn't give me ability to speak, to be an attorney or to be a businessman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But he didn't call me to marketplace ministry. He called me to vocational ministry. I knew that the giftings that were there were for a reason and for a purpose. And I'm just saying, there are things in your life that you may not feel like you can do. There are visions and dreams in your heart that, if you, that scare you if you were to verbally articulate those things. I get that. And be very careful who you share your dreams with. Because a lot of people are dream killers. Very few people are dream encouragers. But I'm telling you, God may put a dream in your heart. And, and, and even though you may have a small or insignificant start, even though you feel like you come from nothing, even though you feel like everything's against you, it doesn't mean that you'll have a limited life. Because through Christ, you can do all things. Through Christ, God will elevate you. I'm telling you, just like he did for Jabez, he will give you significance and growth and empowerment and protection if you will just but look to him. The second thing I want to say is that God will keep his principles and promises if we will simply obey and keep his word. God will always keep his principles and promises. And all he asks of us is that we keep and obey his word. 
the Bible that you have in your hand. Maybe you have it downloaded on your smartphone or, or on, your, on your digital tablet there. It's God's word to us. And God is responsible for his principles and his promises. That's the reason why I read the book of Deuteronomy to you. Because I wanted you to understand what Jabez was asking for was not audacious. What Jabez was asking for was not uncommon. But what was uncommon is, is that he asked God had already said it. He just took God at his word. God had already declared it. He just simply, he just simply basically said, God, I, you know, put your money where your mouth is. In essence, God, I, I need you to show up. God, I'm asking you to do this. I know you're the only one that can. And here's the amazing thing about God is that God will obey and he will keep his word if we will but follow him. That's the reason why I always go back to God's word. Always go back to his word. Always go back to his word. Lean so heavily on God's word that if it were to move, you'd fall. God will keep his word. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Trust him. Test him. Walk it out. He will keep his word. Every promise in the book is mine. Every promise in the book is yours. From Genesis all the way to the maps. That's why we read it. Look, look, if it didn't do us any good, if it was just like bedtime reading, it, it, we, no big deal. But it's life-changing. It's life-giving. So take it, devour it, eat it, spiritually speaking, uh, 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 and, and, and meditate on it and process on it. And let the Word of God, as the Bible would say, dwell in you richly. Why? Because it will produce a harvest of righteousness in your life. And something that we like to think is that, well, that happens, great. You know, spiritually speaking, I'll be strong. No, 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 listen to me, businessman. It, it's there for every area of your life. Soccer mom, it's there for every area of your life. God's word is yes and amen. And if we'll just go back to it and look at it, that's why I keep coming to it every time and saying, this is what it means. This is what it's saying. Do you see this? Here's a different facet. It's like a diamond. You just keep turning it in the light and you see different facts, facets and different light refractions because it's so rich and it's applicable to every area. And last thing, and I said this at the beginning of the year and I want to reiterate it again. God hears and honors bold prayers. God's never, God's never off-put by bold prayers. He hears and he honors them. Why? Because he's the source. So here's how I want to end today. What extraordinary request are you asking or believing God for? What extraordinary request are you asking or believing God for? Maybe it's something that you're dealing with today. Maybe it's your lifetime. Maybe you're a student and you've got your life in front of you. Maybe you're middle age and you're walking through this. I, I don't know. But what are you believing God for? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab this communication card that you have. And at West Campus, uh, Danny's going to come and he's going to finish things out in a minute. And online, you're going to just follow me through it. And here at the Germantown campus, just grab this communication card. And on the back side of the communication card, it says prayer request. You may say, man, there, there, there's not much space there. Well, Jabez had 34 words and two sentences. That's it. What do you believe in God for? What's your prayer? What are you asking? What's your big ask of God? What's the bold thing? And you go, but man, I'm just ordinary. So is Jabez. You're in great camp company. But what if you were to ask God and he were to grant your request? Now, I'm not talking about God, some genie in a bottle. I'm saying that what Jabez asked of God, God already said in his word he'd provide. Jabez just had enough boldness and tenacity to ask God. And the Bible says because he did, God granted it. And because he granted it, that nobody became a somebody. What are you asking God for? Well, I've never really thought about it. Well, I'd get to thinking. 
Well, I, I don't know what to say. Well, I may process that. Maybe you come back. Because each week I'm going to ask you, what are you believing for? What's the extraordinary thing you need God to do in your life? Maybe it's in your children's life. Maybe it's your grandkids. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's a business. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're a young person. God's put a dream in your heart. I'm telling you, dream a dream for God. And if it's small, if you can accomplish it, it's not big enough. Can I just tell you that? If you're going to dream, dream big, right? I mean, you know, swing big or go home, baby. I'm just saying, just do it. But what I want to get into our hearts and into our minds is that we serve a God of more than enough. And I believe that this God wants to put his super onto your natural. And I believe that this God wants to do the extra in our ordinary. Not just corporately, we're beginning to see that happen, but individually. Maybe you're at the top of your game. Is that all you want? You're just going to die? Maybe you're in the valley going, bro, you have no idea. I'm as broke as a joke. I don't know. I'm just telling you. Jabez, a nobody, asked God for four things according to his word, and God did it. I love what Malachi says. God changes not. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. His mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. I'm going to ask you to just write that down. Write that down. And we're going to believe for that. We're going to believe for that together. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you, Lord God, for your, for your goodness and for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you, oh God, that you're a good God and that you hear us when we pray. I thank you, God, that you love us, that you care about us. And Lord, we know you care about hurting people around the world. God, we know that you care about the needs of the world. But Lord, we know that you're no respecter of persons. And because we're blessed, Lord, you don't not hear us. And because we're not blessed, you don't not hear us. But you hear any of us when we call on your name. So I just pray, oh God, for the prayers, for the bold requests that are put down, I just pray, God, that you would show up and that you would do exactly what you did for Jabez, that you would grant the request. If the request is according to your word, I pray, God, you would grant the request. That's all I ask. And Lord, today I stand here in agreement with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, where two or more are gathered together in your name. God, your word says, there you are. And if they ask anything according to your word, it'll be done for them by the Father in heaven. That's exactly what Jabez did. So I pray, Lord, in agreement with my brother and with my sister, with what they've got written down, if it's in accordance to your word, that you will grant it. You will perform it. You will put your super onto our naturals. God, that you will put your extra onto our ordinary. And that although we may be a nobody, God, that in you we will be a somebody. Not because of us, but because of you. Let us be used of you, O oh God. Your hands extended. Your feet extended. Your love and your life extended to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.